0: so I want to take us today I'd like like us to look at a little bit of his resurrection but I'd like us to look at the last supper and the first breakfast (laughs) the last supper and the first breakfast Mm. I had all these little neat tidbits I wanted to share but I'm not going to go there right now you know Peter was a Peter was a man who uh, I think we all enjoy when we read some of the insights and some of the things that we listen as Peter is uh, is Peter he's first in he's last out he's very vocal you know he's he's that man that some of us men want to be you know I'll go not me, you know, I won't do it, Lord. I won't deny you, you know. he's He's that man that walked on water. That was Peter. Walked on water. None of the other disciples did that. But Peter did, you know. He's a man that, when Christ first encountered him, He drops everything and falls at his feet, and I'm following you, Lord. You know? That's Peter. That's Peter. You know, he was always full of questions, always thinking. You know, he was a leader at heart. I think if you study a little bit of Peter, you'll see that Peter always thinking, always had a question, always the first in line to want to know, to grab something from it, try to come up with a solution, you know? That was Peter when Christ at the Last Supper wanted to, wanted to wash feet, and Peter says, not me, you know? And then wash all of me when Christ explained it to him. You know, he just, just Peter was the first in line, ready to go, a heart for the Lord. He wanted to follow him, you know? That was Peter. Something happened you know something happened in his world that turned it upside down you know Jesus you know in uh, don't even try to follow me Tracy <laughs> Jesus in uh, Mark 14 holy smokes he starts it's the last supper he's starting to tell everybody everything that's going on and people aren't paying attention You know, I know they're not. I know it's just just too much to take in. You know? And and Christ is there and he he says that they'll strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And then he goes on to tell Peter, you'll deny me. Peter's like, no, Lord, I will never do that. He said, you will deny me. No, I will not do that. You know, in Peter's mind, he just couldn't grasp that he would ever, ever deny his savior. He couldn't, he couldn't fathom that. I walked on water with you. I watched you raise the dead. I'm all in. And he said, you'll deny me. I'll never. And then the episode that happened as he sat by a fire that was kindled outside the, the, where they, they were having I don't, I don't remember right off the top of my head but if it was outside of the Caiaphas' house or out, wherever they were having Jesus' preliminary trial that fire was set ablaze there as people warmed themselves in the cool of the morning or the cool of the night and, and as the night went on Peter was questioned you're that man no, that's not me. No, 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 I'm sure you're that man that was with him. You're one of his followers. No, that's not me. No, 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 I'm sure. You know, as the, as the crackling fire, as the, as, the, as the embers burn, as the, as the, as the little sparks float off into the smoke, he denied him. He denied him. He denied him. And then he watched his Savior who was pulled in front of everybody and persecuted and beaten and then he was crucified and then he was put in a grave and and, and all that could go through Peter's mind the torment I denied him I'm worthless I'm nobody how could I do that and they all scatter right They all leave. They struck the shepherd and the sheep scattered. And I imagine as Peter sits at home or wherever he was contemplating this, it fell apart for him. It fell apart. No, I believed you. You were going to be here with me. I walked on water. How could they kill him? You know, I've seen numerous people he raised from the dead. How could he let himself die? And then we see on the third day, Mary Magdalene finds an empty tomb. And she goes back, she runs back to the others and finds them and says, He's not there. Someone took him. You know? So there, there, even though he, he had taught them, even though he had told them how things were going to work out, they still couldn't grasp it. You know? Mary Magdalene, he, someone took him. And so, again, first in, last out sometimes. Peter, boom, he's running. And it says the next one to follow after him is who? It's John. Peter's got his legs moving as fast as he can. He can walk on water, but he's a little slow on land because it says that John kind of overtook him and made it there first. But true to form to Peter, as John stood outside, catching his breath, Peter never stopped running. He went right in. I'm going in. And when he gets there, his savior's gone. All they see a grave cloth laying there. Right? And there's no deep theological discussion. Nothing happens except again. Rejection, you know? I think part of his running, part of that passion was, yes, I'm gonna see him again. He's alive, like he said. But now, you get there and Total disappointment. He's not there. Mary Magdalene struggles behind. She gets there. And she walks in. They turn. They leave. And she just bawls. She's just losing it. She's losing it. And she looks and she sees an angel seated at where Christ's head was. And an angel seated at where his feet were. And they say, woman, woman, why do you cry? And she tells him, he took my master. And she turns. And when she turns, she's looking square on at Jesus. But the world again of doubt of fear had completely blinded her eyes because it says she didn't recognize him she's looking at him but she asks him thinking he's the gardener where did you take him? and he goes Mary and she goes Master she just falls apart and he says don't cling to me you got stuff to do go tell them that I'm risen and again she's off I try to give you that backdrop so that you can see that the disciples the men that walked with Jesus that slept with him that ate with him that touched him fell apart when things got tough they fell apart they fell apart they they went totally different directions now I can't tell you how each disciple how how they they acted I'm sure you have different guys that had different levels of faith and whatever but but what I see when I look at that is they scattered because that's what the scriptures say and usually you don't scatter Unless there's fear, you don't scatter unless you're running away, right? And something happened in them. So the last supper, when they sat with their Savior and they ate with Him, their memories in their mind, the fire and the crackle and the smell, the memories in their mind, especially in Peter's, I'm a failure. I screwed up. I'm nothing. I couldn't even stand up for him when asked by someone. And you know what's beautiful about Christ? From that last supper to the first breakfast, not only did he resurrect his body, but he resurrected their purpose and their call and their destiny. And I want to show you that and I want to show you how he can do it in your heart if you have allowed the world to clutter your mind if you've allowed a a crash in your life to just send you scattering if you have allowed something to happen you're not alone it's happened to the best of them but there's a couple distinct differences now and one of those differences was when Christ appeared to them after he appeared to Mary Magdalene he then shows up when they're all gathered together again the door's locked and he just appears boom boom and they see him the only one that wasn't there was Thomas, right? so, he says peace be with you peace be with you is his first words I know your life's going crazy, I know things are turmoil, but peace has just stepped into your life, and I'm with you, and I'm here. Peace be with you." And when he said that, it started to change. The tide of darkness that was pushing down on him all of a sudden started to go like this back. Peace be with you meant all of heaven just stepped into your life. And I can calm storms. And that's what starts happening again. As he shows up, the little neurons and and stuff that fires off in your mind start reacting. And they go, I remember. When peace was with me. And he sat there and he said, he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was a game changer. That was a game changer. Because now, they had that holy spirit which was his spirit now abiding in them that's a game changer and you watch and now you can start to see that change so from there he meets with again and Thomas is there and touching hands and and feet and the side and Thomas believes but then you get this idea that there's still stuff that people need to deal with, still things that he needs to reach into their lives and, and minister to. And, and, and you have this period where the disciples, seven of them, seven of them take off, you know, and spend a whole night fishing. And all of a sudden, let me go to that. John 21 this is where we're at now, John 21 just bear with me as I read this, this is John 21 this is out of the uh, NIV afterwards Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee it happened this way, Simon Peter, Thomas also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Canaan in Galilee the the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together (laughs) I'm going out to fish," Simon Peter told them. And they said, "We'll go with you." So they went out. And they got into a boat. But that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning Jesus stood on the on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, "Friends, haven't you any fish?" No they answered. He said, Throw your nets on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, It is the Lord, he he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off he jumped into the water the other disciples followed in the boat towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore about a hundred yards when they landed they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread and Jesus said to them bring some of the fish that you have caught so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love me. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you did not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? when Peter saw him he asked Lord what about him Jesus answered if I want him to remain alive until I return what is it to you you must follow me because of this the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die but that Jesus but Jesus did not say that he would not die he only said if I want him to remain alive until I return what is it to you this is the disciple who testified to these things and who wrote them down we know that his testimony is true Jesus did many other things as well if every one of them were written down I suppose that not even the whole world would not have room for the book that would be written I don't know if while I was reading that you got glimpses of what Jesus was doing you know He, he the Last Supper, the first breakfast, you know? The Last Supper, the first breakfast. It ended at night. and was terrible. It was beginning with breakfast, and the memories are flooding back in. Memories like in Luke 5, I'm not going to go there and read that, but in Luke 5 where Jesus first called them. And some of these same guys were fishing. Some, almost the same incident happened where he says, get any fish. They basically said, oh, no, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. He said, throw your net in. they said, "Ah, we, there's nothing out here, basically. Throw your net in. And they did it. And at that time, they about sunk the boat and started to tear the net. They caught so many fish. And when Peter saw that and James and John, they were following Christ. That was the first call. Now isn't it interesting that Christ takes them right back the same type of environment, at the sea, early morning fishing, they fished all night, he's there again. Because what he wanted to do was to take that memory, take that thought, take those smells, take that environment, and say, that was old, that is gone, this is new. You can't look at that now and see you're a failure. You can't look at that and say you've let me down because I am reinstating it. I'm here again. Look at it. Smell these smells. You can't associate that with failure anymore. See the sun on your face. You can't associate that with failure because I am here. You know? That's what he's doing. He's specifically reaching into their lives and saying, you know that stuff in the past that wore you down? You thought you failed me. You struggled with that. I'm here again, and I'm going to set that right, and I'm going to show you how. Let me invade your life. And so they sit there and they eat with him now. Right? Where did they see that before? Fish and bread. Huh? You can't tell me that thoughts don't start entering their head where they start remembering feeding 5,000. Feeding 4,000. You can't tell me that thoughts don't enter their mind when he breaks the bread and hands it to them that they, those thoughts that they associated with, oh my goodness, the last time Jesus handed me bread, I never saw him alive again. Now they're seeing him alive. Now they're eating with him. Now they're taking that bread. (laughs) He's there. He's he's reaching right into their life and saying, now remember, associate that. Look at that bad memory that's no longer there. Now associate it with this. I'm alive. I'm alive. He's so specific, right? So stinking specific. Peter denies him three times. And Christ, sitting by a fire, smell of smoke, the embers burning, do you love me? You know I love you. Do you love me? You know I love you. Why did he do that? Huh? He wanted him to remember the last time you sat in this environment, you denied me. Oh, you, you love me. tells him, you love me so much that now, you're going to walk this out, and you're going to give your life for me. he goes, whoa, what about him? It's not worry about him, I'm just talking to you. That's what Jesus was saying, I'm just speaking into your life. So when you turn around, you go, what about he says, "No, I'm talking to you right now. I'm speaking into your life. Let me, let me speak into your life. Let me heal that." But Lord, you don't know. You don't know what I did. I rejected you. You don't know what I did. I I, I, I sinned against you. You don't know. He said, "I know. I know." And he says he says now look at me what do I say about you I say I love you I say you're fearfully and wonderfully made my word says that I'll forgive those sins so last supper the first breakfast he wasn't just resurrecting not only himself he's resurrecting the call of his disciples He's setting them on a path. Oh my gosh. He's setting them on a path where they will so passionately love him that each one of them will die. Maybe John is still alive. I don't know. But but will die for their Savior. Completely changed. Completely changed. They struck the shepherd and the sheep scattered. Now the shepherd comes and speaks into their life. He draws them back again. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to see. I don't care where you've been. I, I, don't, care. I don't care what's happened. You think I'll never fulfill that in my life. I know God spoke to me and I was supposed to do this and I'll never fulfill it. Or you're living it out and you're falling short. Or you feel like you've run away he's saying come back have breakfast with me I stand at the door and knock I stand at the door and knock you know hmm. God's Jesus is all about do-overs He loves you so much he, he died for you he, he, he loved these men so much that he specifically allowed them to be at the same places at the same times having almost the same memories so that he could rework those memories again and say no that's a lie this is truth and yes I did call you And yes, you did walk on water. And yes, you did eat with me. So don't believe what the enemy's trying to put in your head that it wasn't for you. Or don't believe him when he says, you're failing at this. Don't believe him. The truth is, that was really me. You know, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. He's grabbing them by the hands and looking into their eyes and saying, I believe in you. Don't you remember? and I challenge you to do that I challenge you to look into his eyes to look at the things that you think you failed at or you think is a, is a place in my life that he can't even go guess what he's been there he saw it he wants you to visit that place with him and let him now speak back into your life and say let me resurrect that it's not what you think it's what is truth and he is truth let peace be with you the world's going crazy around us and in that craziness we sometimes sit there and go ah i don't think he really meant that for me nah you know i think i heard him tug at my heart once before but i screwed up he can't love me again no peace be with you and when peace is there let him stop the storm and let him step into your world and let him cook some breakfast for you because maybe when he cooks that breakfast he shows you that that broken marriage or that struggling marriage you know I'm there I'm in it let me let me restore you you know maybe maybe in some something you struggled with or some episode in your life let him reach in and speak to you about it and say no I love you I was there my tears were falling on the floor for you and maybe a lot of the times we're like Mary right we let the world so cloud our mind that when we look and he's standing right in front of us and he's trying to speak into our lives we think it's the gardener you know that couldn't be him Mary, he said. That's what he's saying today. It's me. It's me. If you're hearing that in your heart, he's saying, Mary, it's me. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. And he's as real today as he was then. Believe me. Believe me. And He loves you with a passionate love. Hmm. Let Him invade your life. Drop off, sit in the the outer courts, just walk up to that that altar of sacrifice and, and hand over your will. And let Him sacrifice it. Walk up to that laver of wash and wash off. Enter, enter into that holy place and just let, just let this flesh fall off of you. I reject it. I reject what that flesh is telling me because I'm standing in the holy place. I'm standing in the presence of the Spirit of the Lord. I'm standing where my prayers are incense to Him. Just stand there. Let him speak to you. And then reject what the programming in your mind that the world has told you. That's the lot of the soul. is your will and emotions in the program. Reject the worldliness of the soul. Let it down. And walk in the spirit into his presence, into the holy of holies. And let his light completely invade you. Because when his light invades you, it starts to transform you become a new thing let him do that in your heart let me pray Papa you're amazing I love you Lord we offer this this up to you Lord I ask that you speak directly to each one of us Lord you speak to me you speak to everyone here Lord and I ask that if you're speaking to us Papa that we answer you Mary Lord Papa I ask that you invade our hearts that you shine your light in that you transform us Papa Papa, if we don't know you, that we would turn our hearts over to you right now. Papa, you're amazing. Resurrect our call, Lord. Resurrect our destiny that we feel like we're failing. Show us that we're not, Lord. Lord, allow us to be ministered to by you. Papa you're amazing in your most holy name I pray amen now'm I'm, I'm also going to challenge you here before we walk out the doors that, that that if and I believe he did speak to you don't hide that share that with someone be 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 man enough or woman enough to, to say you know what God, God revealed this to my heart that, that I haven't failed him he's restoring me I don't, I don't know what that word is but, but share it because what will happen when you walk out here the enemy will start to say no that wasn't him no that, that, that was a lie and the truth is, it was him. And, and you need to write that down. you need to get with someone, Pastor Ed, Tobin, you can get with me, you get, get with someone that's a dear friend, that's a believer, you know, and let them know. you know, your wife. Let, let him know. because the enemy wants to rob, steal, and destroy. And he's going to try to steal that again. But no fears. Christ will come again. And he'll speak. And he'll keep ministering to you. And he'll keep pushing you. And he'll keep encouraging you. Because he wants you to walk out your destiny. Because that destiny is his purpose in you. You know? That destiny may be the the best mom in the world. That destiny may be the best dad in this world and you can't let the failures and the stumblings block that you know you can't let it just asking Papa you're amazing in your most precious name I pray amen you're dismissed